What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Oh, let me tell you right now, we got a real good one that we have cooked up for you. Obviously, Apple just wrapped up their September special event, iPhone 11, iPhone 11 Pro, iPhone 11 Pro Max. Yes, I didn't miss one. Apple Watch Series 5, Apple Arcade announcement, Apple TV Plus announcement, no actual Apple TV 4K. So what I wanted to do here is I brought in our friend Rich DeMuro from KTLA, fresh out of the keynote and from the show floor uh, where Apple showcased their products to give you ASAP the content that you want to hear. So before we get to that, this podcast, the Apple Bits XL is completely 100% independent and I would love to have your support at patreon.com slash Brian Tong. It starts at $2 per month. If I'm worth a cup of coffee to you, $5 a month, $10, $25, $100. There are different levels, different rewards, different access to exclusive content. But also, if you support the podcast, there is a link to a completely ad-free version of the show. You don't have to hear any of that. Plus, you also get it earlier than anyone else. So thank you so much for your support. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong. All right, let's just listen to me and Rich Demiro talking shop, chopping it up for our reactions and just everything that happened here at Apple's special event. All right, fresh out of the oven. Oh, this is like as hot of a take, but also a good take that you can get from my good friend, Rich DeMuro of KTLA, also Rich on Tech's podcast. You've had you've heard him on the show before. A great friend, Rich. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, you're there at headquarters, right? Hey, yeah. Thanks for uh, having me on the uh, podcast, Brian. Okay. Well, you know what? I do want to show love because that's what we do here on the show. And for people that aren't familiar with some of your stuff, I did mention it, but maybe you could kind of get in a little deeper of where they can find you and some of your, you know, your takes and your awesome tech coverage. Sure. So, I mean, at my at my main job, the, the job that pays the bills, I'm the, <laughs> uh, the tech reporter at KTLA TV in Los Angeles. I've been there for uh, about nine years now covering technology. So I've been to a bunch of these Apple events. Before that, I was at CNET, which obviously mm-hmm. I feel like you've heard of that place, yeah, right? I, I think so. I think we've both heard of it for a good, pretty good <laughs> amount of time, huh? <laughs> you a little bit longer than me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was at CNET. And then, of course, you know, I've got my podcast, Rich on Tech. And, you know, it's just fun these days because even though I'm a reporter for TV, I love doing all the social media stuff. So, I'm, you know, I do stuff on Twitter and uh, Instagram at Rich on Tech. And uh, the podcast is really, you know, the podcast where all the money is these days. So that's what, that's what we love to do. <laughs> You know, it's it's getting there. It depends, right? It's getting there. But, uh, you know, I just want to say thanks again for being here because, look, Rich was on site at Apple's headquarters in Cupertino. He shot you shot and wrote your video for the newscast. And then he's like, let's do the damn podcast. And I'm like, man, you are beast. So thanks so much again for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. I I love doing these things because on TV, I get two minutes to talk and hear. (laughs) I'm going to go as long as you will let me. That's what I that's that's what we're here for. So, let's get into it. You know, I I would love your reactions and your take because at least externally, you know, whenever we're at these events and we watch these keynotes, it can be exciting. Sometimes it can be a letdown. Um, but I kind of wanted to hear from you, what was your general feeling and vibe from the keynote maybe as it was going on and then as you left like how maybe it changed, but what was your overall feeling from the whole thing? As it was going on, I thought it was pretty good because I thought the pacing was pretty good. Yes. They they kind of went through things in a very fast way, which is kind of strange for Apple to do. They did not spend a lot of time touting, you know, how many downloads they had or this or that. They just got right into it, which I thought was kind of odd, but also kind of refreshing. 
And they kind of cut to the chase on a lot of things. You know, they went right into the Apple Arcade saying how much that was. They went right into Apple TV Plus saying how much that is. Then they went right into the iPad talking about that, Apple Watch, iPhone 11. And it's funny because when they got to iPhone 11, it almost seemed like the iPhone 11 was like the new top model. And all of a sudden it's like, hold on. This is like the iPhone XR replacement. This is not even like their best yet. Then they get to the iPhone 11 Pro. And from there, it was great. And then when we left, all of a sudden, everything hit me like, hold on. Where's my new MacBook 16-inch MacBook <laughs> Pro that I was going to buy today? Hold on. Where is my Apple tile that I heard so much about? Hold on. Where's you know all these little things that we heard about? Um, the, the bundle for all the packages and services, You know the iCloud bundle for 20 bucks a month. You get everything, you know? Um, and so you kind of realize that Apple did a good job as they always do of telling you what they want to tell you. And then they leave it up to the to public to kind of figure out, wait, what didn't I get here? Mm-hmm. Which, what stood out during the course of the keynote, what stood out as the most impactful piece? Cause I always find it interesting when you're inside the building and outside, there tends to be different tastes, but what was your, what, what stood out the most for you? What stood out the most to me is that the phones are continuing to get better on a level that only Apple can do because they control everything. They, they can make these things. I mean, they squeezed an extra four to five hours of battery life out of these devices, which I think is pretty amazing. And the way that they describe the new processor, how it only lights up the neurons that it needs to do whatever processing it has to do at that moment, that's brilliant stuff that the average person doesn't really care about but it really does make a difference in their phone and little things, you know, they addressed kind of the, you know, the fast charging. I thought that was cool. They finally are getting you faster charging on it. But just to me, the camera as a, I'm not a creator, like a content creator, like you are like, you know, where everything is like, you know, you're doing everything. Um, you know, I'm kind of old school in that TV world, but also new school in the social media. But I just love the idea that these phones just keep getting better as a creator's device. And for the average person, it just means that your, your pictures, of your kids are going to look better, but you know, it's really interesting that they just keep making these things better and better as a device to create content. Yeah. I thought it was interesting because, you know, externally watching, um, a, I thought the sleeper announcement was really buy an Apple product with, I don't know what the time frame is, but get a entire year of Apple TV plus. And I yeah. thought that was that was fascinating. And, you know, a lot of things they kind of like rush through certain parts of the keynote that you're like, wait, do you want to go in a little bit more into the Apple series, Apple Watch Series Five or not? The Apple TV Plus thing, though, it's like we don't. Even though they said, okay, we're gonna have some first shows. From your recollection, did they clearly state which shows will absolutely be those first shows? I mean, we know about the morning show. We know about Dickinson for all mankind, and then they showed the trailer for Jason Momoa's C. But did they say? I don't remember them saying or outright all four of these are going to be launch titles. No, no. They said, and they specifically said, you know, available November 1st, uh, but they said we're going to continue to add to our launch titles, you know, at launch. Like they didn't, they didn't really say like what we're going to get when we're going to get it. But the reality is it doesn't matter because for all intents and purposes, Apple TV plus is pretty much free Mm -hmm. for, I would say like 80% of first subscribers. So if someone's buying an Apple device in the next whatever months, and if you think about it, Apple sells, what, 50-plus million iPhones in a quarter? <laughs> so, I mean, that's 50 million subscribers to Apple TV+, Plus, which is an amazing number to start off with. Now, that's just the iPhone subscribers. Now, it's everyone who buys an Apple Watch will get a year for free. So, they're going to be out of the gate with a ton of subscribers that don't really care how many shows they get for that free year. 
as long as they get one or whatever, as long as they can sample it, they're going to be pretty happy. So this was a brilliant Mm -hmm. marketing play on Apple's part. Yeah, I totally agree with you because, you know, even if they have three shows and the reality is a lot of these services it takes at least a year to actually ramp up to get into the flow of your content i mean netflix was the og that started that but even it took them multiple years before they had kind of a steady stream of like at least two or three shows i just do think i agree with you it's totally genius because they're gonna want people to find hopefully find that singular show that makes them say you know what i think i'm gonna have to add this to their roster and i'm I'm still lukewarm about the content. I thought C was actually one of the first shows that I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. I think For All Mankind is pretty cool, but it wasn't cool enough for me to say, I'm willing to put down $4.99 on this per month, but will I give it a year to try it out? Absolutely. Will they maybe entice me by then? Well, that's up to them, but only they could do something like this just purely because of how much money they break in from all these different silos that allow them to do something as bold as this, where... We saw Disney Plus. Disney Plus is a killer app, and they had to compete somehow. This is the way that you compete with that, though. I wouldn't be surprised if the original price for for Apple TV Plus was closer to seven ninety nine. Me too. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. Yeah, and when they saw that pricing for Disney Plus, which by the way, Disney Plus is starting out at six ninety nine. That's going to be up to nine ninety nine within the first two years, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, but the reality is Disney Plus has the content. And they've got it. They are bringing it from day one. When you plunk down that seven bucks a month, you are getting every nickel's worth of that money if you watch one thing a month. Mm -hmm. So, and Apple TV is kind of the same way for five bucks. I mean, like they said, you know, five dollars is kind of like throwaway, but you know, on a, on a show, you know, you rent a movie, it's five ninety nine. So it's, it's a good price, but I still think that it's, the Apple knows that they're in a precarious position where they need to give people a very long runway to this new subscription, which a year is, is a very long runway to get something for free. Yeah. I've asked a lot of people just what, and everyone has a different take because obviously content depends on who you are, your demographic, what you like. What do you think so far personally of the content you've seen from Apple TV plus so far for you? I mean, look, I'm, you know, obviously the morning show really appeals to me (laughs) because I'm in morning show TV news. So, I mean, I think that Apple a, should have hired me as a consultant. <laughs> B, I mean, I do want to see that because to me that appeals to me, but I also, you know, I watch any show that's about the news. So I didn't watch Newsroom though, so I guess I don't. But I, I, that appeals to me. The C show obviously appeals to people who like Vikings and uh, what was that big one? <laughs> hey, on hey, HBO? that is such a generalization, Rich DeMuro. <laughs> hey, if you like well, Vikings, you're going to like this show. <laughs> what was the big show on HBO that everyone went crazy over? Game of Thrones. It's, whoa, it's whoa, whoa. clear. Wait, did you you just say, what's that big show that everyone cared about on HBO? (laughs) Look, Brian, you can clearly tell that I don't watch any shows on TV. So to me, it's going to take a lot for me. I pay $16.99 or $15.99, whatever it is a month for Netflix. Every month I tell my wife, I'm like, can we cancel this? I don't watch it. I don't really care. I'm into movies and I think the documentaries could be kind of good. I will say what appeals to me most is the space show from Snoopy for my kid. (laughs) He, he loves Snoopy and he loves space. So I think that that, to me, is, is going to be worth it. Okay. So when I plunk down the 3000 bucks for my new MacBook Pro, I get a year free of Snoopy. How hey, great. How, whatever, whatever it takes for you to sleep at night with that $3,000 MacBook Pro, you're like, hey, babe, we got a Snoopy space show. 
We got a Snoopy I, space show. I can't put an SD card into my MacBook, but I've got Snoopy in space. <laughs> okay, listening to you talk, though, it seems like Disney Plus is like the perfect service for you and your family. Oh, absolutely. And here's the thing: like, I I think with all these subscribe, you know, all these subscription services, you know, I probably oversubscribe to some of them. Like right now, I think I have like three music services that I subscribe to. I like to sample them. I feel like sometimes the price is just. It's, it's not that much to be super worried about it. You know, like five bucks a month is, I think it, it comes down to like, if you're truly not getting anything out of it, mm-hmm. it, it comes a time when you have to cancel. But I've had direct TV now for 50 bucks a month for, you know, uh, uh, since it started, I think it started out at 35 a month. It just keeps going up, but I can't get myself to cancel it. Cause I'm like, well, 50 bucks a month. I mean, you know, when I want, when I sat down to watch the USC game the other day, it was on ESPN which I had through my direct TV. So it's like, okay, that was worth it. Mm-hmm. So it's just those little moments where like, if, if someone starts talking about C at work and next thing you know, it's like, all right, well, I've got this, I'll, I'll try it out. And next thing you know, you find something else you like. It only takes one show that you're watching to keep you strung along. HBO has known that for years. And that could be the same with all these services. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because you'll get that free year. But then after that, people are going to have to start making decisions and we'll see. Will they just keep it? You know, will will they I don't know what the retention rate is going to be, but that's going to really determine the success of the service or not, quite honestly. Right. Like, yeah. And I think it's it's crazy, too, how much money they're spending on it. Oh, yeah. And they're probably not going to see any return for I can't even imagine the first five years. I was with, totally going to say that. I, yeah, at least because even the, I mean, just the type of talent that they're bringing on board and they're paying for it. I mean, there were reports that literally an episode of that morning show with Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, and Steve Carell and others cost more to make than an episode of Game of Thrones. That show on HBO. Yeah, that you that's crazy. Have, you might have heard of. I've heard something about it. Yeah. I I just, it's, these actors are laughing all the way. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Oh, totally. Totally. Because there is so much money. They're sitting there going like, they don't know anything about Apple. They know all they know about Apple is that they make their iPhone and they love it. (laughs) And they're like, Oh, this is great. And they're like, well, do you want to do a show with them? Like, uh, how much are they paying me? Absolutely. And, and the people they have running it too. I mean, the, the executives are seasoned TV executives. So it's not like they're just, you know, they didn't take a guy from like the, iPhone camera department and say, Hey, do you want to produce a show? No, it's like they are, they've got a lot of money and they are spending it and they are spending it to win. And I will say that Apple is doing a a good job of they're, they're applying the iPhone secrecy and slickness to TV and we'll see if it works. Yeah, we we will see. Okay. We're going to cover a couple other, well, we'll cover kind of the big announcements they made. Um, whether or not, you are the person for this. The upgraded 7th gen iPad, now with a 10.2-inch display. I was surprised by how much time they spent on that specifically. I felt like they were like really leaning into it much more than I thought they would when, to me, this was an iPad that appeals to kind of someone who might have had a 1st gen or 2nd gen or 3rd gen iPad from a long time ago. They don't want to spend the big bucos. And then they're like, hey, there's a new iPad that's 329. It's time for me to upgrade. I felt like that's who that was for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is a, a just a standard upgrade. I mean, yeah, it gets a keyboard. It kind of does everything that you would expect it to do at this point. Have yeah. the smart keyboard, have the Apple Pencil, which they introduced to the last gen. So it, it's fine. It's and it, I love that the price is still. I think three twenty nine for this for this iPad is a fantastic price. It's pretty. I it's wish. A steal. I wish that included a keyboard. I mean, I don't know how much the keyboard is. Probably another one fifty. Yeah, something. they're like around like ninety nine bucks or more, depending. And then, you know, Apple Pencil, another 100 bucks. So when you really look at it the way that they present it to you, 
it's more like a $600 device. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But at the same time, for 329 iPad is still the gold standard. Um, I, what chip does this have in it? I got to look at was that. Was it an A10? Did they still use an A10 chip in it? Yeah, an uh, A10, A10 Bionic. Yeah, so A10 that, Fusion. That's a, chip, yeah. that's a chip from 2000. That's a chip from 2017, actually. So that's still a. I mean, it's the thing is, this is not going to be the powerhouse iPad. No. It's going to be more than ample for exactly the demographic that's going to go for this one. Absolutely. And I, and I think it's fine. I always direct people towards the iPad. I like that the screen is slightly bigger, which is kind of nice. I mean, it has everything you need. It, it, it really does, especially with the new operating system, iOS 13, with all the new little features. It, it's a great, it, it will probably be a desktop replacement for a lot of entry level mm. folks. And that's just fine. Yeah. It does a lot of good things. And I did type on the keyboard. It's a little cramped. It's not the easiest, uh, but I, I think you can, I mean, I'm not switching to this, but I think that uh, if you needed to do emails and standard web browsing and Netflix, I think you're just fine with this thing. I still have yet to, when the first iPad Pro came out, there was a killer case from Logitech, and for some reason they decided to completely scrap that case, but it was the only one that I actually used. I'm like, I like this keyboard. It feels right. I'll use this to type on the go. Then, you know, they switched up the model to the new iPad Pro. They totally changed the keyboard. I'm like, I've never gotten a keyboard case since. And I Apple's ones, they just don't feel that good. And not nothing that I'm like, I'm not going to pay you guys. It's I think it's, yeah, like around 129 159 149 for a keyboard case that just feels like crap. I'm not going to do that, you know? So I'm not yeah. there yet. I'm not there yet for it being my desktop replacement. I'm, But we'll see Maybe they get there with whatever they put out with this potential new iPad Pro that we didn't see um, at this keynote. So we're going to jump around over here to the Apple Watch. One of my, I continue to say it, and I mean, pretty much everyone's on board. Like it is Apple's arguably most exciting product. It has the most movement. It has the most evolution. It continues to grow and get better. But at this one, the, the Apple Watch Series 5 was like, I'm such a hardcore Apple Watch fan that when I first saw the upgrade, I'm like, oh, always on display like all of a sudden i'm starting to flinch like oh maybe i need to get this thing maybe i need to get this thing and then i like calm down i calm down a little bit and i'm like okay it just was the processor doesn't even look like they actually improved the processor it's basically an always on display and a compass what what's your take whether you're an apple watch guy or not i mean number one 99 of the people that i come into contact to that have an apple watch have a, an older model that's going on two years old, maybe, you know, even if they're buying it new, they're not necessarily like in the last year, most of the people that I talked to weren't even getting the four, they were getting like the three on a discount. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that a lot of people see kind of the benefit of a better Apple watch at a higher price. And I think that's kind of a problem for Apple. Mm. Um, And at the same time, I feel like they can't radically change the Apple watch too much year to year, because then it makes people feel kind of stupid. If they're getting this device that only lasts a year, like, um, you know, if it's something that's totally out of date. So I think they're in a tough place with the Apple Watch. But I, I, at the same time, agree with you. I do think it's the most exciting product in the Apple lineup at this point. It's got a lot of growth. Unfortunately, the price is not as expensive as Apple would like it to be, Mm -hmm. which I think why they keep making these higher end models. Like now they've got the ceramic and the titanium I'm assuming those are going to come at a higher price point. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of these things where they're in a tough place. But at the same time, the upgrades to me on this one are a little bit of a snoozer because out of all the wearables, I always feel like the Apple Watch is the best at coming to life when you need to see the screen. 
and I've never really had a problem. The only time I have a problem is when I, it's like, like they showed in the, in the demo, they're like, you know, when you're doing a workout or something, you kind of don't want to move your arm or like, you just want to glance at your watch, you know, like those are, but those are very rare moments that you need to like see the screen immediately and you can't tap it or move your arm in a, in a big way. But I love the always on. I think that's cool. And the compass to me, like, I didn't even know there wasn't a compass. Yeah, in right. That's so many people <laughs> said that, right? And right. while I'm watching like compass, I didn't even know I needed that. I, I still don't need that, right? Right, right. So um, the emergency services, I, I think, is is cool. I mean, I do think that the watch is becoming this device that is kind of a no-brainer health slash lifestyle life-saving device, Yes, which it's kind of like a little guardian angel almost, you know? It's like... The thing can call for help if you fall. That is crazy. That's crazy, like crazy, crazy. I mean, it's 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 pretty amazing, and it and it does it in a way where the Apple Watch is just one of these things that I wear, and it it really to me has eclipsed the iPhone for like coolness, like the yeah. little things it does. Like I'm grilling outside, I set a timer for the you know whatever I'm grilling, and it's like all these little things. You know, I get a notification with a snapshot of whoever's at my door for my Nest Cam. I mean, all these kind of like little points where I smile throughout the day or I'm like this watch. And then the, obviously the, the fitness tracking is really great. I think we need to um, have a camera follow you around and literally document average smiles per day um, from Rich DeMiro and his Apple watch. I'd be so, I I, only, <laughs> what's the I over only under? Smile. What's the over under? <laughs> I only smile at my Apple watch all the rest of the time. I'm just a big grump. <laughs> right now you're looking at it just like, you know, like it's another one of your children yeah, right now. You're exactly. Like, oh, you're I just, so cute gaze at it i'm like oh look at that sunrise and sunset time how smart <laughs> i love i love i love the apple watch i was you know what it was weird because we had talked about it earlier and touched upon it the rumor mill actually set the bar for this keynote way higher oh than, yeah than, than we expected and maybe i don't know if that plays into some of the disappointment that the rumor rumor mill for one of the first times we had completely overshot what we thought i mean we had been hearing about sleep tracking which I'm sure they've been working on it and maybe for whatever reason it's not ready. Maybe they decide to roll it out later in a software update or just hold on to it. I, I feel like they need to offer though some sort of a sleep tracking solution just because that's just one of those things that all like Fitbit and others have been like, our sleep tracking kicks butt. There's even third-party apps that have really good sleep tracking and Apple has all the diagnostics and tools in the watch that they really need to pull it off. But for whatever reason, it just hasn't been a priority. And so Watch OS 6, I'm super excited about all the new things it's going to do for me and even just how it's really leaning towards making the Apple Watch so much more independent. But I was hoping we'd see some, even though I don't care so many people, uh, how about this? I care to a certain degree where I want to just see my patterns. I'm not going to wear my Apple Watch every night when I sleep. That's just not how I do it. But there's a whole lot of people that continue to talk to me about sleep tracking, sleep tracking, sleep tracking. And so that just tells me the the you know the people are like, Give us something in addition to all these great health things that you already have. Well, and that's the thing. Apple is famous for not talking about anything that their products do not do. <laughs> and so if you think about it, they talk about all these highlights of their products, and especially when it comes to health. Like the Apple Watch is pretty much the gold standard mm -hmm. for, for a health tracker at this point, except for sleep. And sleep is a huge part of health. <laughs> And whenever I wear my Fitbit, I, I love getting that sleep data. You say you don't really care. I, I actually think it stresses me out a little bit because I'm like, mm. I better get a good sleep score tonight. Better get a good sleep score. Um, and so it's like little things like that that it really 
is a huge part of your health. You can, you can see your trends. You can understand if you're waking up too much. You can, you know, for me, I was kind of like waking up a couple nights a week in the middle of the night. And I was like, what's going on here? And I kind of figured it out that it had to do with like caffeine intake later in the day. And that's something that, you know, probably didn't need a watch to figure out. But at the same time, I was like, you know, (laughs) but anyway, so it's one of these things where I, I love the Apple watch. I think that the thing that Apple will not do along with creating iMessage for Android is set the Apple watch free because there is no reason at all in this day and age that the Apple watch needs to be tethered to the iPhone. And in fact, it could be tethered to a computer or the iPad. I know, and, right? They're making it just solely dependent on the iPhone right now, which is kind of crazy. There's no reason for that, and except it, for yeah, they just want to keep it keep it that way. And the other thing is, they're, they're, they never showed anything about this, and this is what I was expecting to see. In the developer's beta for watchOS 6, there's multiple hooks that clearly indicate that this Apple Watch is trying or may eventually move towards being independent because, look, they'll sell so many more of these things if they make it untethered from the Apple uh, iPhone as well because it was literally stuff like, oh, you can now do software updates on it without using the phone at all. Like, it'll directly do it on the Apple Watch. They are adding the App Store, dedicated App Store, on the Apple Watch in watchOS 6. You can now delete apps without using your iPhone to delete apps. I think that was like, I don't know if you, the very you know first few years with the Apple Watch, you had to like literally open up this app on your phone, figure out which apps had Apple Watch versions, oh, and yeah. install those apps. And then there was a point where some of them just stopped working because they were no longer supported. And you're like, this is just horrible. But they, they're putting all the pieces to make it independent. But like you said, who knows if they will because they really don't have to and it actually serves them better not to. I haven't updated my Apple Watch software in five years because I still want that Instagram app on there. So, oh my I, gosh, are you dead serious? Are you I was dead serious? kidding. <laughs> I was like, I don't even wow, know. Rich, what, wow. Wasn't there an Instagram app at the there beginning was. on that? I mean, I feel like everyone hopped on board and then, you know, everyone except the one app that everyone needed, which was Spotify. They never, never made it to the Apple Watch, but. I think that what Apple is going to do is they're going to ride the iPhone as long as they can until their internals tell them that, look, it is sunset time for this device. It's gotten to a point where it's kind of like a standard where people will upgrade and they'll get it, but it's not going to be the growth horse that it was before. And now we're going to unleash the Apple Watch because we know that we can double sales overnight if this thing <laughs> I'm not. I'm serious. I know. I mean, I'm. I'm totally laughing. I'm in a, laughing like you're absolutely right. You have an Android device. I know a lot of Android people that would get an Apple Watch because it is the gold standard. Absolutely. And I. It's the same thing. Why I recommend the iPad if you if you're an Android person. It's like I don't care if you're an Android person, but get the iPad because it's all about the apps. It's not about the device. Like yeah, sure you can get a, a Kindle Fire for a hundred bucks or whatever it is, but. It's the apps. Like if you're spending three twenty nine, you're getting apps on there that you can do all kinds of great stuff with. Android, there just isn't that growth with the apps on on the tablet side. Same thing with the watch. It's like you can go with the Fitbit and you can go with the Galaxy, but the reality is the Apple Watch still is the clear leader here. Yeah, and and the one of the other hooks that they're building in WatchOS six is they're encouraging app developers like they can now, if they choose to, put the resources towards it actually develop dedicated apps for the apple watch only for the apple watch that have no um, requirement to go through the iphone we'll see how many people jump on that because really it's like okay i don't you know will they how much will they start charging for just a dedicated apple watch app and then the other thing that you're talking about is 
you know, they've released Spotify works on the Apple Watch now. And you still, though, have to have your iPhone tethered to it to work. And they have this new API they were touting where you'll be able to stream audio directly from the Apple Watch, whether it's over LTE or Wi-Fi without the phone. And I'm just waiting. Who knows if they'll do it? I, I got to imagine whether maybe Spotify or Apple, they have some thing that they don't want to unleash the beast yet. But could put, let's put Spotify untethered on the Apple Watch, LTE or Wi-Fi. Come on. For you working out, you know you, you know you beat all over that. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, you get that with, with, with Apple Music. I, mean, I don't that's have Apple it, Music. Oh, you don't? Okay, well, that's the way it works with Apple Music. So, I mean, I my Apple Music overnight just refreshes to my watch, and then you can – so at the gym, you know, I'm lifting every day. You know that. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, Rich. Okay. Sorry, I sorry. Mean, Rich the guns, Demiro. Sorry. sorry, sorry about I'm that. just kidding. I do nothing at the gym except run on the treadmill. <laughs> um, in fact, yeah. So, I mean, but the reality is like you could – you know, that's it. I just, I have my AirPods and my watch and that's it. And I use all the audio off the watch. So, and I'm talking, it's not streaming. It's just saved on there. So, I mean, I think there's no technical reason why Spotify, I don't know what the deal with Spotify is, but at this point to me, it's kind of like a, whatever, like I've got the Apple watch I get, I get our Apple music. I get it for free through Verizon. Nice. So it's just one of those things where like, I have it. I don't really necessarily care about it too much except for that. It's a, it's a fine service. It's just I pay for YouTube music and I use that. That's my preferred right now. Well, I mean, now that you tell me you get Apple music for free with your carrier, that's why. It's like if I had it for free, then I'd be like, yeah, I'll totally use it because I did trial it out. It was nice to have on the Apple Watch, but all my playlists and all the stuff I've set up is on Spotify. But it, yeah, it makes sense. Like if you get it for free, nothing beats free, Rich. Nothing. Oh, I know. Believe me, <laughs> because it was, it, it actually, I'll, I'll tell a story. <laughs> this was so sad. Oh my gosh. So my mom, I had a Spotify family account and, you know, I had my wife, my mom, like, you know, a couple random friends, you know, just on my Spotify. And all of a sudden, once I got the Apple music for free for me and my wife through Verizon, <laughs> I had to cut off the Spotify. So I'm like, I can't justify paying 15 bucks a month for something I'm not even using at all. And so my mom, you know, I had to switch her over on her, on her Google home to YouTube music, which has like ads and stuff. And she was like, she didn't want to tell me how bad it was <laughs> until I saw her. And I was like, mom, I'm like, how's it working out? She's like, Spotify was a lot better. I'm like, well, Spotify costs money. <laughs> you're a cold, you're a cold man, Rich DeMiro. Uh, but I, I, I will, there's a happy ending to the story. I will be purchasing my mom a year worth of Spotify for wow. her birthday present. Okay. So. You know what? You've, you've completely redeemed yourself i'm not that mean come on i I, I know you're not otherwise i wouldn't have you on the show if you were okay so (laughs) let's get into this i you know we touched upon it but let's really kind of dig into this iphone 11 pro iphone 11 max now watching externally and i don't know if you felt this and you definitely have positive comments about it i'll ask you about your hands on a little later but it seemed like phil schiller if there was a drinking game of how many times phil schiller said the word pro you might have hit 20 drinks in that small segment of time. Like Apple, I don't know if you felt it, but he they were trying so hard to be like, pro, pro, pro. It's in the name. The camera's pro. Let's show some pros. Let's show some more pros. It just felt like such a large focus on the camera because more that they really didn't have any other advancements show other than the processor and the camera, this being year three of this kind of form factor. What do you... 
what do you think of that? Like, did you agree with that or not? Or I didn't, I didn't notice the, the harping on the pro. I mean, I, I didn't notice that specifically, but I was, you know, I'm also taking notes and true, I'm kind of tweeting. I'm doing all kinds of stuff <laughs> during the show. Yeah, so, it's true. It's true. I mean, it's, it's tough to like just identify that one thing, but I, I do, I will say that I think that they did a good job of highlighting what's new, but the reality is for the average person that is out there thinking about upgrading, there is not a push to upgrade to these phones. Totally agree. Unless you are someone who is a photographer, unless you're someone who's a creator, there is, there is not a reason to upgrade because there's no improvement that I could see in camera quality. Mm -hmm. They didn't really mention that except with the stuff that's coming down the line, like the pixel kind of stuff they're doing, but that's not, that's not available right now. And I do believe that that will be available across the newer models just because it's a software update. And I don't see a reason why it would only be on the new models. So I don't know. Maybe it needs the A13 Bionic. I'm not sure. But they didn't say that. There was a time where even on the live stream, Phil Schiller is basically standing by himself doing nothing, just trying to tell people like, oh, the what, what do you call it? What did he call it? Neural fusion? I can't remember. Yes. Was, oh, right? yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. And he would, and you're just like, okay, listening to him, like there were no bullet points. There was nothing. It was just like, oh, yeah. Him it was, standing. That was my favorite part of the so entire, entire thing. And they had the engineer on right before him. <laughs> I think that was a private joke from Apple to see just how nerdy and geeky they could get on stage. Because don't forget, these guys at their heart, they are, they're like old school engineering guys. And they, they really do appreciate like, um, you know, some of these kind of old school, like what they can do and push the limits of things. So I do appreciate that about Apple where they get into the weeds a little bit. Like that guy explaining how only certain parts of the process are light up to do the, the processing. Like, I thought that was great. I and thought then, that was great too. And then Phil Schiller, exactly right afterwards. I mean, he was just droning on and people droning. were like falling asleep. <laughs> people were like dropping dead. Like it was just a weird scene in there. It and was. And he was loving it. He was like, oh, let's see how much I can bore these people with no, this. It was. And it was interesting because I don't know. I mean, sometimes these things all seem like a blur. But back when they introduced the iPhone 10, they had talked. It was either the 10 or the 10s, But they actually kind of had visuals describing how it takes multiple images, uses AI to stitch them together. It was literally the same exact talk. But they just kind of tried to make it sound newer and fresher. And I just yeah. thought it was kind of weird. And it, it literally, you know... Again, same, same, literally same states. We take nine photos, we stitch them together using our neural engine and AI to give you the best photo. And instead, it was like Phil Siller's just going to drone on for three minutes, and I guess we'll just follow along and see how much we care. <laughs> that's yeah, that's and, what it felt like. The night mode thing is, uh, I just feel like the night mode, and I saw the demos of it. Like mm -hmm. we didn't, we didn't get to try it out because it, you know they have the perfectly lit place where you yeah. go hands on with this stuff. But the night mode. It, it looks fine. I think it's going to be better and it's automatic. You can turn it off if you want, but it is automatic. It kind of mm -hmm. kicks in when it needs to. I, I don't think we're we're getting to pixel quality on yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but at the same time, nobody's a pixel. And I think that the camera on the iPhone is great, And I but I do think there are some places where it, it can be improved. And I'm not sure that these cameras have improved in those places. Yeah. What do you think about... I know we... I thought this was funny because apple's invitation for this event said by innovation only and someone in our chat was like uh i think it's more like by iteration only and I was yeah like, because this yeah. was i mean this is year three for the phone and it feels like we have two years back to back where it's just a processor bump and a camera bump which is nice which is welcome but you know 
we've been talking about it for a while. Like, hey, 2020 is really the next iPhone. We heard the rumors that we were maybe supposed to see wire- wireless charging on the back of this. It didn't happen, which means it's probably going to be shelved for 2020. It, I'm really, I'm going to be really curious to see how this tracks really how many units this phone sells because this might be, they'll still sell tens of millions, but not as many. I think this might be that year where we act, we finally see a, a more significant dip in the iPhone because this is one of those few keynotes where I don't, I didn't feel like there was really much to genuinely get excited about for someone who has even had a phone for two or three years. If you're coming up with a headline, like I'm trying to come up with for the news, it's the, I mean, the only headline I could think of is you have the a new lens. Yeah. I mean, the battery life is not really substantial enough for a majority of people to go and upgrade their phone. And I, I think it's great that they got another four or five hours, but it's not the thing. And also don't forget, most people or many people that are buying these are going to get the iPhone 11 and they're not even going with the pro or the pro max. The iPhone 11 is kind of going to be like the standard that yep. a lot of people come in for, especially at that price of six ninety nine. That is a magical price mm-hmm. for an iPhone. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems affordable. It just seems way more affordable than seven forty nine. And I, I, even though it's $50 less, but it's still just, it just seems like a nice price. It reminds me of the old prices of the iPhone. Yeah, I mean, we said that's what I said on the keynote when that thing came out. We saw how well the 10R did. It's no one will release Apple doesn't release their official numbers, but every analyst and you know model said that it was their best selling iPhone. And when I saw that price and I saw what it has, the same A13 chip, it has the dual lens, not the triple lens, but it still has mm-hmm. that wide angle lens. Like that, the iPhone 11 is going to be again their top selling phone this year. It, it, and it it's is. Gonna, it's going to be tough for anyone in a store that's selling these phones to describe the difference between mm. why you would get an 11 pro versus an 11 and that third lens. Yeah. You can see the third lens, but you can accomplish the same exact thing on the 11. Yeah. You can zoom in, you can go wide and you can go ultra wide. So it's really tough and you have a great, great battery. And I think the battery life is probably maybe even just as good because of the, you know, the lesser screen. It's not an OLED, it's a LCD. Maybe it uses more. I don't know. Um, I don't have the numbers on that. But the, the screen is not really a concern for, I think, a lot of people. They just see the screen and it's fine. And if you're not comparing them side by side, you really don't even notice. You no, know, you don't. I say that all the time. Like, you're exactly on the money. Like, the screen looks amazing. You only notice it may not be as black when you hold it up to the OLED display. But even at that, it does. you don't feel like, oh, I have such a uh, inferior screen compared to the, the pro model or whatever the high-end model is. Right. But you and I need to disagree on something here, Brian. We have. Because, what, 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 well, do you have anything you want to disagree on? Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, but here, Rich, you actually came out very, very strongly positive, And then you kind of morphed into like, yeah, you know, it was lukewarm here. So I think that. Well, you, I'm positive actually... for I'm, I'm positive for the fact that like they're pushing these phones forward in a, in a standard way. They're not you know, they're not. I think that the challenge here is you've got 5G on the horizon which to me, it makes sense to, to kind of change things up when 5G comes along. Mm-hmm. The, the fingerprint versus the in-screen, you know, the fingerprint versus, you know, bring back Touch ID. It's just, it's so interesting to me to see what Apple does versus Samsung. Samsung just kind of plays it loose and they just do things and they, they fail publicly. Mm-hmm. Whereas Apple is just like, they understand that slow and steady wins the race. I would not be surprised if the sleep tracking feature was shelved on the Apple Watch Series 5 because there was something that just wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And they just they have it because it's a software update. That's all it's they need to do. Is. But they didn't want to announce it because they're not ready for it. And when they are, they'll just say, hey, 
Now you can do sleep tracking. So it, it's one of these things where these are very safe bets. And I think they're nice improvements, where you, especially the wide angle sounds awesome. I mean, I can't wait to have that. But it's one of those things where it's a very safe bet. There's nothing on this that's like that's new when it comes to smartphones. Yeah, and, and it's, again, like to your point, we've seen a lot of these features in phones for at least a year, right? And so, oh, yeah. you know, but the gen, the Apple has the luxury of the ecosystem and how it's locked yes. in a lot of people. That That's the biggest thing, right? Samsung has to, you know, hustle and continue to innovate to not only keep their customer base happy, but to potentially steal customers. And it's worked to a certain degree, but, you know, we have used certain phones for so long the lines of switching between ecosystems is pretty much that's done yet. We're not going to see unless Apple completely blows it. We're not going to see like 10% of Apple users all of a sudden jump over to Samsung or Google. It just doesn't happen. Like we, we, those lines have kind of been set. And so, you know, as a, as a fan, as a user, it's just one of those things where I'm like, Oh, just give me something a little more. And I guess we'll just have to wait for 2020 because that thing I mean, if if all things line up right, right, you talked about the fingerprint sensor, most likely or better have USB-C, new display, 5G, that's the phone to get. That's the next gen phone right there. Yeah. And I think I think the USB-C thing versus lightning is that that definitely kind of annoys me a little bit at this point because I'm sitting there trying to plug my iPhone in like, you know, especially when you pack for a trip. That's what I'm talking and, about. Look, these are very first world problems. But the reality <laughs> is it would be nice to have everything the same. They Apple is kind of going in a lot of different directions all at once at this point, and it's kind of unappley because everything used to just kind of work together, mm-hmm. and now it just it's it's all over the place. And um, I think again, it comes down to the fact that people, when they it's the mo- the majority of people I speak to, it's just a matter of when they're going to upgrade their phone. It's not like they're really waiting to upgrade. Like, oh my gosh, this thing is on its last legs. It's just like, no, my phone is fine. And I'm waiting for that right moment to upgrade. Either it's when I feel like I want to spend the money again or whatever. Now, if there's a killer feature like there used to be every other year or something, then yeah, people are pushed to upgrade. But now it's just like I've got my phone. It does what I need it to do. The camera's just fine. And that's it. It's true. Okay, how about this? Uh, you walk into the newsroom tomorrow morning. Everyone obviously asks you, hey, what's what's good? What's good? Because you're the tech guy. What, what would you tell them? <laughs> I think it's, I think I tell them that it's incremental upgrades. If you're, if you've got an older iPhone and you're ready to upgrade, obviously the camera, I think the camera took a big leap from the 10, even the 10 to the 10S. I thought that whatever they did from the 10 to the 10S, I think it was a great camera improvement. Um, and obviously from the eight and all those cameras. So I don't think that the camera here has taken a big leap. I think that the, the wide angle is nice to have, but it's definitely not a necessity. And it's so new on phones that people are not even, they don't even know why they would need that. I mean, the only times I can think I need it is when I, you know, I took a trip to like rock climb or, or not rock climb, like, uh, you know, climb a mountain or go for a hike. Whatever hey, go I for did. a hike. Go for a hike. I went whatever. for a hike. And like, to me, that was a great time to have like a wide angle lens. But like, you know, if you're traveling Europe or something, but for the average, you know, just day to day kind of stuff, you don't necessarily need a wide angle. Um, I thought the selfie camera, that's kind of interesting that they did improve the selfie camera where it, it you know, I don't know if they made this super clear, but. When you take the normal selfie, it looks like your normal selfie. It's kind of zoomed in. But then when you rotate the phone to the side, it zooms out to fit more people. It's oh, the same lens. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, so it's the same lens, except they're just zooming it in when you hold it uh, vertically. And then when you hold it horizontally, they're zooming it out to see the full lens. Okay, so 
I'm gonna I'm gonna find a place that we may or may not disagree, and I'm just trying to find one because we're we're so like simpatico right now. Uh, well, I, I don't think that this is a polarizing device. And I no, think that's not, how Apple not. made it. You know, it's not. I mean, yes. Do we want to see more stuff on it? Of course. But I mean, look, four hours of extra battery life is oh, not insignificant. Yeah, it's not. And, but it's not. It's also not something that makes me go into a store to buy a new phone. Nope. Because it's I don't like have right any in the middle of battery life. It's like, oh, that's great, but it's not gonna make me buy one just because those extra four, which really might be, maybe they'll be more like five. But you know, by by the time we plug in our stuff, anyways, because look, right. there's different people that are gonna plug in their phone once they see it's under seventy percent, because that freaks them out already. Of course. Or if you're driving in your car, you know, for an hour each day, like I do to work, it's like your 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 phone is charging, so it's not really that big of a deal. Because there's some point during the day that you can charge up your phone. Now, yes, sometimes you're out on the road the whole day and you can't or out of the office or whatever. Okay, out of your car, out of the office, not yeah. near a charger and you have to <laughs> you know, get those how many hours you need. But I think that you know, the, the, this phone, is a, it's a very safe bet. And the Pro, it's funny, it's an interesting moniker. They keep changing the names on these things. It doesn't and, mean anything. You know. It's like the word Pro means something totally different to different devices too. That's what's always kind of like... Okay, they're just leaning in on this Pro as like the best version of this device, but it's like there is no really consistent like, oh, Pro, does it have a, a smooth as butter, a 120 hertz refresh rate? No. Does it use a pencil? No. Oh, does it have a killer camera? Yeah. I mean, it's it's all over the place. Yeah, it is. It's all over the place. But, it, it, you know, it's just one of these things where I, I, I'm not going to say I came out underwhelmed, but I do think that this was one of those events where I kind of feel like what we expect from Apple, we kind of get every time. And it's like, we expect a ton, you get kind of the same and you just walk out and you say, okay, well next time, or, you know, the next thing we're going to get more. And it's just been like that for uh, many years at this point, I'd say, you know, five years. We're so, we're so used to that. Like that kind of feeling that you just described is quite honestly, the Apple keynote kind of feeling these days. But there's so many of us that are from the legacy generation of like the heydays that you just you almost like wish that they would tap into some of that feeling where you're like, oh, they did do something different or bold. Yes, right. let's celebrate it. And it just hasn't happened arguably for the past few years or so. And so, hey, maybe 2020, it's like I'm going to be running around in circles like Apple's back. They're back, Rich. But Probably what like, what can they do? I mean, we yeah, know they're yeah, going to do, do everything everyone else has done. Right. We know they're going to do 5G. I mean, it's like it's. Apple doesn't do one more thing anymore. They no. just don't. And it's it's like this weird thing where we got so used to getting spoiled with these features that you just couldn't like I remember the iPad event. That was such a transformative device oh, yes. that it just changed everything instantly. iPhone changed everything instantly. Touch ID was like, "Whoa, yes. what?" Face ID was crazy. And then all of a sudden, you know, AirPods were crazy. But now it's just like we're so like, "Oh, okay." So you give us more battery and a, a slightly better <laughs> camera. I mean, literally the three things I say every year, it's like faster processor, <laughs> better camera, and now I get to say better battery. And, you know, give me a phone that is that doesn't need a case. Give me that. Mm, that 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 would be, well, you know, I I don't use a case for better or for worse. It's, it's served me well and it hasn't uh, based on how many times I've had to visit the Apple Care Service Center. Okay, okay, how about this? How about this? Um, Will Rich DeMuro... In the first week, over under, how many slofies will Rich DeMiro take over under in the first week? 
Again, I, I did a Slofie today. <laughs> it's one of the, it, it doesn't, it, come on, a Slofie does not sell a camera. It's so now, I, I will say the 4K video on the front-facing camera is awesome. Mm-hmm. I will say I was also impressed with the filmic presentation where yeah. they have that app that can now shoot all the cameras at once. Or I didn't make it clear how many, but it seemed like two at once, which is amazing because you can get like a wide angle and a close-up Super of your impressive. subject at the same time. Super impressive. Or the front camera and the back camera at the same time. To me, that's like a whole new way of doing journalism where I can interview you and shoot on one camera and get the front, you know, you and me at the same time. That's awesome. Yeah. But again, that's not coming from Apple. That's just coming from a third party app. But that's part of the brilliance of the iPhone platform. And when you really look at what iPhone is built, the device itself is the same. But it's what you can do with this. When you add the accessories, when you add the apps, when you add the cases, you can go anywhere in the world and get your phone serviced by Apple. You can buy a case at 7-Eleven if you need to. You can buy a charging cable. I mean, it's the it's this kind of ubiquity that really makes the iPhone so special. And that is all part of it. It's all wrapped up into that. It's not like as easy as saying, okay, iPhone didn't really impress me. I'm switching to Samsung. Well, yeah. you're giving up a lot of stuff. As much as I love the Samsung and uh, you know devices and what they're doing, they're not the same. Oh, you told me that in text. But I won't. I won't repeat what you said. I'm just kidding. He didn't say anything that bad. He didn't say anything that bad. Hey, you don't, don't reveal my green bubble text. <laughs> okay, this is this is funny. Everyone listening, because Rich and I are buds, and you know, I was reaching out to him about being on the podcast, and straight up, I texted him, and the first thing that showed up was some green bubbles, and the first thing I wrote after that, I was like, "Are you testing out a different phone?" <laughs> you have no idea how tough it is to test out an Android because I want to go all in and try it out and give it its due diligence. And to me, like, you know, you can do Google voice and all this stuff, but like without actually using the device as your primary device, it's really tough to get an idea of how a phone works day to day. Um, if you're still using your iPhone, like every, you know, just all the time, then you're just like kind of doing stuff on the other phone, like taking pictures and stuff. Like you need to get phone calls on there. You need to get texts. So whenever I do that, people go crazy. I mean, it's like, they'll text me and they'll be like, what's going on? Why, what are these green bubbles? And I'm like, look, I review phones for a living. What what do you expect of me? That that whole stupid green bubble, blue bubble thing might have been one of the most maybe intent. Who knows how intentional it really was, but just to make it a different color when it's coming from a different platform, absolutely genius. Yet I don't think they actually intended its effects. Maybe they did. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think they did. Them. It's it's pretty brilliant. Like the the impact it has had is <laughs> is pretty is pretty amazing. And also, but I think this is interesting. I talk about this in my uh, new book, by the way, on iOS 13 that I'm writing. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's talk. Wait, wait. Let's talk about this a little more. Get into it a little. I want to hear about this because you did. What is it? Was it a hundred and was it a hundred one tips for your iPhone? And now you're doing an iOS 13 one. Yeah. Make- so it was a hundred a hundred and one handy tech tips for your iPhone. That was the version for iOS 12, and then. For the past three months or whenever the beta came out, I've been playing with the beta and I wrote 101. It's a new name now. So um, should I just premiere it here yes, on your show? No, no. Honestly, I'd love to hear <laughs> it's, it. It's not been finalized, but I believe Ooh. it's going to be simpler. I think it's 101 iPhone tips and tricks. So um, it's a little bit simpler, same kind of thing. But it's you know it's all the new stuff in iOS 13. And it's some of the old stuff that's kind of like the best of the old mm-hmm. one, but it's, it's a lot. It's everything you need to know, like all the new features. And it's just, it's very simple. It's, it's just a great little guide to like kind of 
unlock all these cool little features on the iPhone that might not meet the eye immediately. So anyway, that's so awesome. Honestly, first of all, I'm really proud of you because like doing a book and then undertaking like that is not easy. No, it's it's a lot. It consumes me, believe me, but it, it was worth it because the first book I got so much response from, it was a. It, it was, was like a, a top number, seller on Amazon yeah, for a while. It was. It was Brian. When you, it was number nineteen on all of Amazon for a while, Bro. which is like out of every book, which Bro. is kind of crazy. I hope. It made, I hope that resulted also in a nice little contribution to the Demiro College Fund because, damn, that's awesome. Yeah, it was. It was cool, but it's it's one of those things where it made me realize not many people are buying books. Clearly. Mm. <laughs> 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 okay, if okay. I can make it, if I can make it to there, nah, come on, um, come on. But let's talk. But anyways, okay, so this green bubble thing, right? So this, so I thought it was funny that I realized as I was writing this that like the the message bubble, the you know messages app icon is green on the iPhone, mm-hmm. but it's blue on the MacBook. So what's going on, Apple? You know, like that maybe is, it was not intentional that well, they back- did the green. Back in the day, here's another interesting thing. Historically, now that I think about it, the actual messages app icon was blue a long time ago. It wasn't called messages. It was iChat at the time. It was actually blue. And really? so, yes. Um, and then if you used, um, oh my gosh, AOL Instant Messenger. I know some kids have no idea what that is. But there was a hybrid where it would show the AOL Instant Messenger guy on top oh, yeah. of the blue bubble if you had an AOL IM chat name as well. So originally, originally, historically, that bubble was blue. I wonder if, if Apple realized what they were building when they built iMessage. Like what a force that would become for the iPhone because it is, it is the delineating factor for so many people when it comes to iPhone. And I understand why because when I'm on Android – and I've got to do little things like transferring files. Like we mm. talked about this mm. with AirDrop mm. um, and, and just little simple things. Like I feel like when I'm on iMessage that I am part of something bigger. And I know this sounds cheesy, but it, I feel like I'm more connected with my friends and family and associates when I'm on iMessage. And there's something about the, the way that it works and the way that, you know, you can start typing in someone's phone number and get a confirmation when it turns blue that that number is active and they're using it. And then when it gets delivered, you see that. And if they have read receipt on, you see that. It is, it's like, and I get it. All those things work with Facebook Messenger as well, but it's not the same. It's your primary default way to do things on your phone. And you can't convert people to doing things the other way. I, if I had um, some sort of inspirational cinematic operatic music to play during that speech, I might have actually played it. That was like I'm like the I'm like the Rudy of smartphone speech, <laughs> smartphone people. I mean, that speech you just threw out there might rival um, the Independence speech, Independence Day speech with Will Smith. That's like that. Oh. I was, you were you were almost getting me there. You're almost getting oh. me there. Were you tearing up? Um, maybe inside for you, but um, you know it's okay. I was like, really, Rich, you're gonna go like this? Okay, let's go. <laughs> I'm oh. just kidding. Hey, uh, quick thing. You know, we heard a lot of rumors of things that didn't happen. You mentioned the MacBook Pro 16 inch, which is something that I'm lusting after. I don't, I'm not in a place to get one anytime soon, but we'd heard so many things about things that were coming out. I kind of want to talk about the whole Apple tags thing because there was so much reporting about the Apple tags. And like you said, maybe one thing wasn't right or maybe they just wanted to hold off on that. But I like, I love the idea of the Apple tags, even if it hurts my friends over at Tile and Tracker, but just some of those, again, extra ecosystem hooks that they can use to their advantage. 
Yeah, and that, that's what it's all about is it, it really depends on that ecosystem. I mean, you've got iPhones everywhere. Mm-hmm. And for this thing to work in a seamless way at a, at a um, you know, operating system level, it, it's kind of game-changing because it makes me want to use these again. Because I, I tried the whole tile thing, and, you know, it was great, but it's not perfect. And it's, it's just you kind of realize the limitations of it. You know, if you don't have true GPS in it, it's kind of like, all right, this, this may not be found. But with an iPhone, you know, and an iPhone tracker, it's going to be found. Now, the other side of me, the antitrust side that doesn't like all these <laughs> things that Apple does that, you know, kind of keep you in, it's like, oh, they're using their network to their advantage. And like, you know, it's tough because Tile built this whole business. Um, but again, yeah, we didn't see it. So is it something that's going to come out? Probably because it seems like it's one of those no brainers. And the fact that they built this technology into the iPhone itself seems like it's it's gonna happen yeah what do you what do you think about this uh will we have another apple event in october or will it just be online announcements oh i don't what would they do in october like the macs i mean macbook pro 16 ipad pros and mac pro final i mean it's 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 middle it's kind of it's kind of in the middle for me because i could see them just putting it online but if this 16 inch, I mean, if it's a 16 inch Mac Pro, MacBook Pro, don't you kind of got to do a keynote for that? If it, if it's a new design, I would agree. You have to kind of do a new a new a keynote for that because it's, if it, anything that become anything that's new, Apple likes to do a keynote for. Um, like even so, the iPad yeah. Pro with the new triple lens camera on it, you kind of got to do something around that too, right? I don't know. Oh my gosh, are they doing that? Are, yeah, do I have I mean, to see more people at my kids' school plays taking pictures with the iPads in front of me? <laughs> you know how much I hate that I've. I was one of the champions of like early on iPad version. I was so pissed at people that would use their damn iPads at, as cameras. And this is merely going to reinvigorate that fire. I felt like oh, totally. we, I feel like there was a little lull the past couple of years and people <laughs> kind of stopped doing it. All of a sudden you're telling me you got to put a triple lens with an ultra wide camera and Apple's going to be talking all about it. Shoot like a pro. Yeah. You, yep. Your kids musicals will be ruined once again, Rich. With a even bigger, uglier screen <laughs> on the back, twelve point uh, nine inch iPad Pro photographers. Oh uh, yeah, I mean I'm I'm ready for that MacBook Pro because my MacBook uh, crapped out on me a couple weeks ago, so I've been using a company issued MacBook oh, Pro. Oh no, those yeah, aren't nearly so. as fast as your personal ones. No, this one's way faster. It's <laughs> actually better. Oh my gosh, I totally took this thing over. So um, yeah, it's great. It's a, it's actually a fifteen inch versus mine, which was thirteen. So now I know I want the bigger screen. Oh, hell yeah. It's also loaded out, so it's got like 16 gigs of RAM. It's got the i7. So I know I'm ready for a better computer at this point because I used to think I didn't need it. But now I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like when I'm opening my 47 tabs in the morning to check up on the tech news, like this thing rips through it versus my little MacBook. So so, so you're telling me that two inches does matter, Rich? <laughs> uh, I, I think that the 16 inch is going to be awesome because <laughs> you've got – You've got. I, I think it's going to be the same as this one, except just the screen is going to be pushed all the way to the edges. It's going to be, you know, bezel-less basically and um, thinner. And I don't, I, you know, to me it's just. And I'm looking for a better keyboard as well. So I, I really wanted that I better know. keyboard. I can't hold out though. I really can't. I gotta. I gotta jump on this thing because I don't know how long my work will let me hijack this computer. <laughs> I haven't peeled off the little labels they have on it all over the place. Like they have like these numbers on it. Like it's all coded. <laughs> And like it says, like Travel Mac, Travel One, KTLA. So I haven't peeled those off yet, but I did set up the Touch ID. <laughs> <laughs> it's you're you're basically claiming it. You're claiming it. So it's it. basically mine at this point. Oh man, that's Ugh. hilarious. All right, Rich. Well, hey, you know what? Thank you so much again for 
literally, I mean, you finished getting out of that room. You wrote your story for the news. You jumped on this podcast. We're so thankful for that. Um, can you tell people again where they can find all your work again for those that might have missed it because they weren't paying attention in the beginning? Sure. My main website is richontech.tv. That has a links to everything. But, you know, if you want to follow me, I would say find me on Instagram at richontech. And then my podcast is richontech. So if you can remember the words richontech, just search that and you should be able to find me. And, um, you know, on my podcast, I basically talk about technology, like the tech news of the week. But then I also answer all the questions that people are asking me online. So it's a good, it's a really interesting way to see what the average person is sort of thinking about when it comes to technology, because it's not necessarily the questions that you and I are coming up with. It's, it, you know, it can sometimes uh, throw you for a loop because you're like, oh, wow, that's kind of what the average person who is looking at technology is thinking about and trying to compare, you know, whether they want, what, whatever it is. It's, it's really fascinating. So again, it's called Rich on Tech. So check me out there. And, you know, for everyone that's listening, there are so much different um, voices and perspectives that you can hear and listen to. Rich is one of those people that I respect. Uh, we've known each other for so many years, so I definitely like encourage you guys to check it out. And I'm going to guess one of your top questions uh, to your podcast is, why are my chat bubbles green? <laughs> uh, I just tell people that they're I go like, well, you're, you're texting me on Google Voice. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rich. Hey, thanks so much, buddy. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Thanks again, as always. Thanks, Brian. All right, there you go. Just kind of a fun back and forth recap with Rich DeMiro. Also, look, you heard all this. I know that you all are listening and you have your own thoughts and your reactions and what you liked and didn't like. So please, look, this show is all about you. You know what to do. Use the Voice Memo app, whatever platform you're on, Apple, iOS, maybe you know you record something from your computer. Record that and then send it to applebitsshow.com at gmail.com. That's Apple Bits with AZ. I would love to hear what you thought about the keynote, what you liked and what you didn't because we're two guys that are talking about it. You all have different thoughts depending on what phone, what watch, where you are on the upgrade cycle. And I, you know, I was let down by this keynote because this is year three of the iPhone where we saw a processor and a camera bump. And they're nice improvements, but man, this is the slowest upgrade cycle we have seen from Apple to date. That's just how I feel. All right, before we go, big thanks to our Platinum Apples, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, and Calvin Fatakar. Thank you, thank you so much for all of your support at the $100 level. You can support this podcast and everything I do. I'm 100% independent at patreon.com slash Tong, starting at $2.00. a month, which is like a cup of coffee, if that's the value that I've brought to you, $10, $25, and the $100 platinum level. If you can't do that, hey, share this with a friend, or even bigger, five-star review this on your platform of choice where you're listening to podcasts. iTunes kind of has the most action and activity. Five-star, write a review. It helps in the algorithm for people to find out about it. We are getting close to 900 five-star reviews, which is wild. So thanks again for all your support and allowing me to do this. But that's going to do it for this week. There's going to be so much more that kind of comes to the surface next week, the things that Apple didn't tell us at the keynote. We're going to talk all about that. We'll be here next week, but there you have it. Thank you so much. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Take care. Be safe. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. 